Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So I wanted to talk a little bit tonight about cause and effect, sometimes called karma. Definitely from a Zen perspective. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to take a long walk with a friend who I have not seen in a long time. And what we discovered, we hadn't seen each other in quite some time because we both had these ideas about what was going on with the other person. And we're really sure what was going on with the other person. And we both had created very kind of specific stories about what was going on for the other person. And the effect of that is we didn't speak for a long time. And this is someone that I love very much and who loves me very much. And we realized how crazy we can be when we make up stories. This is also a practitioner. And believe those stories. So the cause and effect and realizing, not really remembering, how easy it is to forget. The stories in our head are not true. They're just stories in your head. And to me, the beauty of practice is really learning how to get out of your head and actually participating in relationships and saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking and feeling. How about you? And learning how to do that, to me, is the beauty of the practice of really learning how to have a base of softness. Really learning how to come from softness and the uprightness of our spine. And to realize that, like me, we're all going to be pretty foolish and start to again believe stories. And then we can remember we're just believing stories without shame or blame, but just realizing, oh, there I go again. It was so humbling and delightful. So in a piece by Dogen, who's the founder of our school here, he lived about 750 years ago. He tells this story. It says, every time that Bai Zhang, the Zen teacher, gave a Dharma talk, a certain old man would come to listen. He usually left right after the talk, but one day he remained behind. 
Bai Zhang asked him, who is there? The man said, I'm actually not a human being. I lived and taught on this same mountain at the time of Kashapa Buddha. One day a student asked me, does a person who practices with great devotion still fall into cause and effect? I said to him, no, such a person doesn't get affected by cause and effect. Because I said this, I was reborn as a wild fox and lived for 500 years and 500 lifetimes. Dear teacher, please say a turning word for me and free me from this wild fox body. He asked Bai Zhang, does a person who practices with great devotion still fall into cause and effect? Bai Zhang said, never ignore cause and effect. Immediately, the wild fox man had a great awakening, like Sarah Jane. <laughs> Bowing, he said, I am now liberated from the body of the wild fox. I will stay in the mountain behind the monastery and live. I love this story. It's a very famous Zen story. And there's all these ideas that we have. If we practice enough, then we're beyond the world. Not subject to cause and effect. There's a wonderful folk singer named Utah Phillips who says, you know, no matter how new age you get, old age is still going to kick your ass. <laughs> It reminds me of this koan. <laughs> no matter how many ideas you get caught up into, you can take a stone that is the oldest things in the world and still will drop on your foot and it's going to hurt. So the freshness of the practice is to remember to me, all right, my actions and my thoughts and my words are subject to cause and effect. And to me, the beauty of the practice is just to remember that again and again and again. Like me and my friend, Josh. We somehow both thought we were beyond that. We knew. Beyond cause and effect, but just realizing, wow, we were both participating in separation. Without our intention.
Dogen says, students do not understand the principle of causation and mistakenly deny cause and effect. What a pity, he says. Things are deteriorating and the ancestral way has denigrated. Those who say one does not fall into cause and effect denies causation, thereby falling into the low realms. Those who say one cannot ignore cause and effect clearly identify with cause and effect. When people hear about identifying with cause and effect, they are freed. To me, the beauty of the practice is that kind of responsibility just to realize, yes, I'm responsible. It's so free. And this is what Dogen's talking about. Oh, I'm such a numbskull. What a jerk I can be. without making that into another story. Oh, see, now I'm a bad person, or... I don't think I have to give you examples for how do we do that. It's so popular. Even over a thousand years ago in China. So the amazing thing to me about the teachings and learning the teachings and doing lots of reading and studies, you realize like, wow, my situation with my friend, nothing new. I'm just participating in patterns of our brain that kind of tell us we're different, but nothing new. How we separate ourselves is not new. After the Buddha woke up, after he practiced for many, many years, and I think it's always important to remember that the Buddha practiced for many, many years. He didn't just like sit under a tree and go bing. He really thoroughly studied all the time and practiced all the time for many, many years and was still confused for a long time until he realized I have to stop wandering around and get real. And that's when he sat under the tree, a fig tree, that's a fig tree. <laughs> and after he woke up, to the reality, basically, that we're all responsible and we have to pay attention. And if we realize we're responsible, how could we do anything but practice kindness? <coughs> he 
he laid out these four teachings that are sort of the cornerstone for every Buddhist school. The four truths, sometimes people call them the four, sometimes they're called the four wonderful truths, sometimes they're called the four holy truths, but basically four things that are the cornerstone for the teachings. And the first one is often translated as suffering, but the actual word tends to mean like the, a wheel with its axle a little misaligned. So it's like a little thumpy. The Chinese have two translations for it. One is bitterness and the other is walls in the mind. Walls in the mind. But I've been really appreciating the word bitterness, that we can get bitter. I had that with my friend. The truth of that, that we can get bitter and resentful. And to me, it really comes when I'm sure about something. <clears throat> and to me, the key is that we have to recognize and acknowledge our responsibility of creating and how we hold it, hold it, hold it, and grasp it, and make a house out of it. And how insane that is. That's like our shared thing. It might be a little house for you, or it might be a big house. The second truth is that that has, that bitterness has an origin. So after we kind of make contact that with our bitterness, we need to look at where does this come from? Where do, how do we investigate? What is that about? Where is that coming from? And without shame or blame or story or narrative creating, just like, what is that? What am I doing? <clears throat> we have to look at what we're feeding in ourselves that causes us to feel bitterness or to suffer, to separate. For me, with my friend, it was like this sureness. My desire for sureness. And it was also my desire to not be uncomfortable 
I had this fantasy that if I was sure, then I'd be more comfortable because I didn't have to actually feel the sadness I felt. I really didn't want to feel the sadness and the anger. It was much more convenient to be sure. The second truth. It has an origin. And the third is the cessation, the ending of it. By not doing the same thing again and again. The wheel of suffering is called a wheel of suffering for a reason. Don't turn it. How do you not nourish those patterns? Of suffering. To me, some of the ways that I do that is practicing with community, having a teacher, to remember, so people who will show me a mirror of my bullshit. So the truth of cessation is the truth of healing. The willingness to be vulnerable, to me, is this truth. Being willing to be vulnerable in the world. To not have to make your camp, get your archers out. Stop the war. And it's a moment-by-moment gig. I've never met anyone who's good at it all the time. But to me, this only can happen if we take that kind of responsibility. If we really dig in. So like, what is our craziness? How am I really gonna turn the light inward? And really take a look at how I create division, how I create bitterness. turn into a wild fox. And the fourth truth is the path. So this is not, the fourth is so important because it explicitly remember, reminds and causes us to remember that we need other people. 
You can't walk on the path alone. And the path is really about really working both in your mind and in your actions and in your thoughts. Really refraining and shifting to what actually causes the bitterness. In Chinese, they translate it as the path of right practices. I love that. The path of right practices. You know, it's actually in boating, there's, you know, riding the ship. Your ship goes off course and you have to right the ship. And to me, that's why the practice always needs to be fresh. And the right practices are of view, of thinking, of speech, action, livelihood, diligence, mindfulness, and concentration. Quite a package just a couple things to keep in mind. And I love that it's almost impossible to keep them all in mind at once. Which means you have to be very engaged. To wholeheartedly practice, we have to really be willing to keep turning the jewel. So that we're always looking at it from other views. How's my concentration these days? How's my diligence and vigor? How's my speech? How am I talking about myself and others? How are my actions? Do my actions actually match what I say they do? amazing how rarely they do. What we might profess to be our deepest values, rarely do we actually act with our thoughts, words, and actions according to them. <coughs> Dogen says, one cannot ignore cause and effect. Clearly identify with cause and effect. When people hear about identifying with cause and effect, they are free. So let's practice. 